This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome back to the Dynasty Download. I'm Tom Duncan. 2018 champ, Ethan Hamilton. And uh, we are looking forward to week two of the 2020 season right now and trying to get you ready here on a Saturday morning for your uh, Sunday lineup. So uh, if you're listening to this before Sunday, maybe Monday night, um, we'll try and carry you through with any inv- or injury information, although um, there are better sources than us. But the other thing is, is trying to give you the best analysis we can to um, figure out who to put in your lineups. Uh, just to round off, uh, I'd like to repeat, um, please, if uh, you're a regular listener of ours, uh, we would appreciate if you would share the show uh, on any of your social media platforms, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, even some of the lesser ones. Um, but uh, we would appreciate your uh, following and uh, maybe getting a, a bigger listener base uh, so that we can continue to kind of grow the show as we go along. Uh, we're still in kind of our infancy. This is the first uh, set of weeks that we're actually doing a season show. We've been mostly uh, in the off season so far, so we would appreciate any of that or any feedback you may have. Uh, you can write to us at the dynasty download 10 or excuse me, dynasty download 10 at gmail.com. I don't want to put the the in there and confuse people, but dynasty download 10 at gmail.com. Send us a question. Um, tell us we're idiots. Um, pick a fight with us. One of those is uh, definitely encouraged. Um, but uh, like I said, we're uh, planning on to having these regularly at least two times per week uh, as we go along. And um, we don't have any great listener roundup, but we do have a couple of trade valuations to kind of go through to top off the show. So this morning, uh, as I'm drinking my uh, morning coffee, as I want to do on Saturdays, and kind of getting ready um, for the college slate on a Saturday morning, uh, I got a question from a member of our league. Uh, I am a Cortland Sutton owner. He is currently out, or at least was out Monday night. They're very optimistic about him potentially playing against Pittsburgh this weekend. Uh, I am not so much because I think, uh, if I remember right, going back to my history with AC joint injuries, which is a shoulder injury, it's basically the um, joint that holds uh, the shoulder together uh, with uh, like the collarbone area type of thing. And uh, uh, Sam Bradford had one at Oklahoma in, I think, uh, early 2006, 2007, something like that, Um, was out for multiple weeks, usually three to four Um, Now, that was to his throwing shoulder, and I don't know what it's going to be, but for a wide receiver, you definitely need a large catch radius, so I don't know how he's going to be back this week or even necessarily next week and be effective, but what do you think right now the uh, valuation is of Cortland Sutton? A lot of people had him kind of in that 30s round overall, all positions, uh, kind of going into the draft. That was kind of his ADP stock. Um, kind of a wide receiver two, maybe uh, low end wide receiver two with some upside type of uh, situation due to the offense that he was in and being in his second year with Drew Locke. But where do you see him currently as far as value? I feel like he's somebody that you need to have and need to be patient with and hold on to. I know um, when you drafted him, I think you took him like a couple spots before I was about to pick again, and he was the one that was up on my board. So um, I may be showing a 
bias just as much as you did because I've been a fan of his since day one, but you got to hold on to him. I feel like Drew Locke is a competent quarterback, and um, Cortland Sutton is for sure a part of their plans for the, for the future. So he's a guy that I really liked out of college. Um, he was a guy I had on a couple of different college fantasy teams, um, and it's another guy that after his rookie year I selected in the second round, I think, last year or maybe the third round, kind of like I did with Paris Campbell this year. And he kind of took off in that mid-second year, especially after Emmanuel Sanders left. Uh, I think he has the potential to still be their number one, uh, especially if that offense gets going under Drew Locke. I think I would be selling low on him right now because everybody has kind of talked in the offseason. A lot of buzz has been around Jerry Judy being a a great wide receiver, especially out of the slot uh, that they drafted K.J. Hamler. They still have... um, the uh, or Deshaun Hamilton and Noah Fant, you know, obviously had a great week one. He's been a big um, surger as far as uh, pass catchers out of that offense. I, I wonder if people are forgetting how good Cortland Sutton can be and the fact that he didn't have a great last half of the year with Drew Locke. Uh, I'm wondering that if the valuation right now is low enough that people are in the buy low mode and thus I'd be in selling low. And I hate, it's like the people that try and get out of the stock market once uh, a particular stock starts to dip. You you don't want to sell low. Um, So my inclination is to hold on to him. Now the specific trade I've been offered at the moment is either a fourth round pick for him, which I think is extraordinarily low. I think at worst, he's worth a second round pick in a rookie dynasty rookie draft. Um, he said he would have offered a third round pick, but he gave that to you in the Noah Fant deal. <laughs> and uh, so you already know who we're talking about, but or Cortland Sutton for Devontae Parker. Now that's a little bit more intriguing where... I could see it, but Devontae Parker to me, now, is this the Devontae Parker that we got at the end of last season? Then that could be fascinating, but he came out week one. Um, We didn't see a great uh, Dolphin offense. Now, given they uh, were playing that vaunted uh, Patriots secondary, so I don't think anybody's going to look particularly good against them, at least to open the year. Uh, And so, but he also got hurt and might be out for a couple of weeks as well as... uh, Cortland Sutton. So my inclination is to kind of stand pat unless I get a a very big offer, which right now I have not gotten. Um, So again, I think this is to encourage the listener that if you have a player um, that is, especially on the younger side, kind of maybe stay the course a little bit and see where they pan out. Um, for, I'm trying to think of what, what's a good, a couple of, uh, other examples of, um, maybe not necessarily rookie running backs, but like second year, third year wide receivers that you kind of need to just, uh, hold on to right now and see where they, they end up because, I mean, we've already seen it. Um, and it's going to be somebody that comes up here, uh, momentarily, um, Devante Parker kind of broke out in his like third or fourth year. Um, Calvin Ridley is starting to really push forward. I think this is his third year. Uh, DJ Moore pushed forward in his second year. I mean, a lot of these guys, these wide receivers, if you get them in their second or third year, that's, that's kind of the thing you need to hold on to them and see how they develop. Chris Godwin, you know, I think he broke out like his third year. Maybe it was what it was, but it could be. Um, yeah. 
I remember having a conversation with you about it. I was trying to include him in some trade talks and you're like, well, I don't think, um, cause he hadn't shown anything yet, but I, I, I trusted what I saw when I was watching his tape and everything like that. I knew he was a playmaker. Um, so I held on to him and I'm really glad I did, but I mean, I feel like Cortland Sutton has not that type of potential where he's, you know, I don't feel like he's going to be, uh, a top five wide receiver in this league. And I'm not even saying that Chris Godwin is one of those either. Um, I do think Jerry Judy takes over the number one role by the end of this year, if not the beginning of next year, because I think Jerry Judy is just that good. But that's not to say that this Broncos offense can't have two really good um, fantasy relevant wide receivers. Um, So I would stick, I would stick with Cortland Sutton personally. I'm not huge on Devontae Parker. I'm not, I, I don't see it. And I'm the inconsistency of him really frustrates the hell out of me. I'm encouraged if I'm an owner of him uh, that he had a good second half of last year. I'm discouraged by his early injury history here this this season. And realistically, before I'd ever try and buy any stock on him, if I'm not a current owner, I think I'd want to see it again. That that, that's basically my take on it. Uh, Unless you're going to buy low on him, which I don't think any owner is going to let you do. Um, it's it's a wait-and-see type of approach as far as him individually on his valuation. So another trade that we discussed last week in our preview episode that, um, just to kind of give the update, uh, Brandon Ayuk from the 49ers did not play last week. Uh, the 49ers are really banged up at wide receiver. Um, Debo Samuel, who we thought might play week one, is apparently out at minimum three weeks uh, with a recovering from his foot injury. I think they put him on IR um, just for the three-week designation. But Ayuk is supposed to play this week. The offer I had on the table was for Jordan Howard, who I think had three carries for eight total yards and one touchdown uh, against um, the Patriots on Sunday. Um, he has since been dropped this morning by Ed uh, in favor of picking up, said Drew Locke. Uh, I just, this is one where uh, had I made it, I would have been really regretful. Uh, and this is why I wanted to see a couple of the games, especially when we don't have preseason to work with, where you can make more informed decisions. So uh, finally, our other favorite trade valuation topic. I'd like to see where your head's at as far as Cam Akers right now. Cam, I I want to know how you feel about Cam Akers right now. So I'm encouraged by the amount of work he got. Um, although they did give a couple of carries to Jarrell Henderson Jr. And it's one, I think that three-week period where you could really see how that Rams running game molds in, I don't think this is a particularly good matchup for them this weekend. That Eagles defense has a really good front seven, and they're um, really menacing against uh, rushing teams. So I don't think any of those backs are going to be having a, a particularly good day. So I'm not going to read too much into this weekend's game. I guess uh, I don't know what the Rams' schedule is going forward. Um, I don't know who their week three opponent is. I suppose I can look that up here. The uh, Rams play Buffalo at Buffalo on or in week three. Uh, that's also not a great matchup. So I, I don't know, honestly, where I'm going to be sitting on, on Cam. I do like... Um, the fact that he was in, he got some passing game work a little bit, but I think he's a work in progress and that's what you could expect a little bit out of a guy who had no preseason that they had very limited workouts. Um, 
I'm actually kind of surprised how uh, effective like Jonathan Taylor and CEH were last weekend already. And, you know, Dobbins was getting um, some goal line work already. So Akers, he's still a high ceiling prospect, but, uh, and I, I don't want to quit on him. I'm certainly not discouraged by the, the rate of usage. It's just one of those where, I haven't seen it yet, so it doesn't give me um, great warm feelings yet that he could really be that guy quite yet. So uh, (laughs) let's move into Thursday night's game. The Cleveland Browns win at the Cincinnati Bengals 35-30. Joe Burrow ends up uh, with more passing yards than Baker Mayfield, but the Cleveland Brown offense looks a whole lot better than the Bengals offense. I am encouraged by how well Joe Burrow, even though in two losses, has been competitive, has kind of been a warrior. He ends up throwing over 50 passes in this game, targeting A.J. Green 13 times. Um, The leading receiver for the Bengals happened to be Tyler Boyd. And so I think some of those things, if they get ironed out, uh, you like the fact that uh, they have Auden Tate, they have Alex Erickson, but they really, they have three pretty good guys after that in uh, T. Higgins, who was part of the game plan and and did quite a few things. Um, uh, They uh, got the ball to Joe Mixon at least uh, four times in the opening quarter as far as receptions, uh, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. Um, Yeah, let's talk about the Bengals for a second. Um, Joe Burrow, my goodness, Captain Cool, you feel like when you watch him play that he's been playing in the NFL for his entire life. Um, Just the way he commands the huddle, uh, you can tell that he's a leader. And I'm not surprised that he's got the C patch on his jersey as a rookie. Um, I started him on week two. I I, oh, you I did. just had a feeling. Yeah, I did. I I, I sat Carson Wentz because his offensive line is a joke. And Joe Burrows isn't much better. But I liked what I saw week one. And he was playing the Browns. So I'm like, why the hell not? Uh, he got me like 30 points. And so, um, and I remember, if you remember correctly, me talking after the arch. I took Joe Burrow out of, not because I wanted him, just because I thought he was the best player available at that time. And um, I'm really starting to be happy with that decision that I made. Um, But then let's go into A.J. Green. 13 targets, but does he look old? I don't know if it's just he's not conditioned yet because there was no training camp or anything like that. Um, But he looks kind of like a shell of himself. But maybe they have a plan for him because they keep feeding him the ball. I'm encouraged by the targets. Not by the receptions, and I think some of that is a, a timing issue and um, a practice issue, which could get ironed out. I still think A.J. Green's effective, but it's like uh, a guy at the end of their career um, that doesn't have the their A gear left or their number one gear, and so his speed is clearly gone. He's had too many leg injuries, foot injuries, ankle injuries over the last couple of years to ha- retain that level of speed. But can he be a big-bodied wide receiver that can um, get a lot of goal line work, uh, red zone work, um, middle of the field work? Can he make that transition that like Larry Fitzgerald did a couple of years ago to be a more effective wide receiver in that particular regard? I think he can if they use him correctly. Um, I still think if you're looking for possession receivers, um, I'd be more encouraged by Tyler Boyd. But um, Joe Burrow ended up uh, highlighting a unknown tight end. So 
So Burrow may be very tight end friendly, and if they ever draft a guy that's you know worth anything uh, going forward in that, that may be a potential sleeper in the next couple of years. I really like Joe Burrow. Um, I thought even though you drafted him, you weren't encouraged by it. It was a guy I was potentially looking at if he dropped a little bit further. Um, at the two slots I had in the second round, I think you took him in the second round. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I would I would have really seriously given him consideration in the third round this year, um, particularly because I thought he was going to have a, a, at least a little bit of rushing quality, which he already has. He had a rushing touchdown week one. He had a little bit of rushing in this game, which keeps the floor a little bit higher. And I think if they ever figure out this offense with the amount of guys that they have, that he could be very valuable. Uh, the fact that he got you 30 points. Uh, I'm a little surprised that you pulled the trigger, but it was a good call by you because honestly, um, you know, I think Carson Wentz could do a lot of things this year. Uh, but right now with his offensive line in such a, a flux with so many injuries and the rest of it, and we, it looks encouraging that Lane Johnson, their right tackle is going to be uh, available for week two. But against a um, defense like that, uh, this week where um, they're playing the Rams and Aaron Donald, uh, do you really want to chance it? So I, I think that was an encouraging call. Also, Joe Burrow this year, if you're thinking about potentially starting him as a spot starter, he's going to have a lot of garbage time. I mean, he threw over 50 passes in this game out of necessity. Like that defense is terrible, especially right now where Geno Atkins uh, and um, uh, former Packer and Lion Mike Daniels were out for this game. And they were able to run and throw and do play action. You have to imagine that Joe Burrow is going to be doing into a lot of soft coverages because it's late in the game and getting a lot of garbage time points. He had 316 yards in this game, three passing touchdowns. He lost one fumble, but still, uh, I think there's a lot of room where he could uh, crack the top 10 weekly. Um, and for the season, maybe be in the top 15, not, not maybe, probably will be in the top 15. I mean, there are a lot of talented guys ahead of him, but that's not a bad option to have uh, as your backup. All right, so uh, let's move over to the Brown side of things. Uh, as a guy who holds uh, stock in Odell Beckham Jr., uh, who holds stock in Kareem Hunt in two leagues, and uh, drafted Nick Chubb with his second overall or second round pick uh, in his redraft league. I was encouraged after what was a absolutely horrible week one um, for most of the Browns players. Odell Beckham was targeted 10 times, only caught three passes for 22 yards. Um, and the fact that uh, Kareem Hunt out, uh, rushed uh, Nick Chubb, the fact that both of them had a significant amount of carries. Now, uh, granted, Kareem Hunt's were mostly in the fourth quarter when they were basically sitting Nick Chubb and they were trying to basically sit on the ball. But Kareem Hunt had two touchdowns, uh, Odell Beckham had one touchdown, and Nick Chubb had two touchdowns and over 100 yards rushing. Um, a great statistical output. And the less you ask of Baker Mayfield to win you the game, probably the better for the Browns. Um, the fact that Kevin Stefanski, who comes from that Vikings offense, um, is willing to give his running backs the ball and basically only ask things of his quarterback that are in play action is probably the formula to win for this team because, uh, frankly put, Baker Mayfield is probably a lesser version of Kirk Cousins right now. Yeah, I would say that. I would if you have those running backs, you run the freaking run the freaking football. 
You run it, you run it, you run it, you run it. Um, if you can get through a game with Baker Mayfield throwing the ball under 20 times a game, I feel like as the Browns, you're going to be in a really good spot. Um, I don't know if that's what you want to hear for OBJ, but... Well, can he be effective with limited amounts of receptions? He is a big play wide receiver waiting to happen. We saw that the other night. They had a rollout on a, a naked bootleg off of a play-action pass, hit him down the field for, I think, at least like a 40-yard touchdown. And that's kind of what you want to see out of him. Uh, he only had four catches but 74 yards in the touchdown, um, making it for um, roughly about uh, – didn't have my lineup up 18.4 total fantasy points in our league now it's a half point PPR so he may have uh, better in um, regular PPR formats but um, again Kareem Hunt had over 20 points Nick Chubb had over 20 points for running backs that's a great return um, and I hope to see a little bit more as they kind of go along Um, the Browns end up having Washington next week which it scares me a little bit with that defensive front um, how effective they're going to be uh, again or running the football. But after that, they've got Dallas, they've got Indianapolis, they got Pittsburgh, which is challenging, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Houston, Philadelphia, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore. And in those three um, playoff weeks, now they do start off with that Baltimore week in week 14, but uh, you've got the Giants and the Jets right in those prime spots. So you could be maximizing out in your uh, championship games or your semifinals uh, on Browns players. So this might be, it may not be the time right now, now to uh, buy low on them, but um, potentially encouraging signs. So, uh, all right, let's move forward. Uh, we'll hit uh, the Sunday noon games first. Uh, Lions at Packers, uh, basic overview for this one. Um, Kenny Galladay is out again. Uh, the Packers offensive line has some struggles. They have a few questionable players, um, but uh, mostly the offenses that were on the field week one are going to be the offenses that we get in week two. Um, where are you looking for in this game or things that you're um, thinking are going to happen? Um. Lions are six-point dogs. Personally, I feel like that's pretty generous. Um, I don't think this game is relatively close. Um, but you, for the Packers, you got, I feel, I mean, for the Lions, sorry. Um, Adrian Peterson, I feel like he's going to have a pretty decent game. He always does against the Packers. Um, and then you got to look at Danny Amendola, as well as uh, Marvin Jones. Remember, a couple years ago, Marvin Jones had a huge game against the Packers huge i mean i know the lions played us tough last year both both games i don't think we led for any of those games right i, I think we, we won but didn't um this one i don't think is relatively close i think aaron Rodgers goes off i think Devonte adams goes off again so the hi- uh, stat you're highlighting is is the packers were only the second team in nfl history to beat an opponent twice in the same year while not having led at any time during regulation they ended up winning the game on two field goals at the end of regulation as the gun sounded. Rodgers and Adams, I'm like, those are book it guys for me this week. Rodgers, I expect to have probably a big game at home, no crowd noise. Now, I know he particularly likes it in Lambeau because it gives him an advantage, so that's not a thing. I prefer if this one had actually been on the road because uh, he likes playing indoors, um, and especially with the no crowd noise, he could have probably been on a fast track where they could have really kept the offense rolling. Uh, I don't know if the Packers will start hot 
And I do expect this to be a little bit closer unless um, the turnover battle really goes to one side or the other. Um, that could really change the dynamic of the game. But I don't think, uh, particularly given that the Lions' secondary wasn't threatening to begin with, and they have multiple guys out in their secondary, uh, they are going to get, I think, the debut of their uh, third overall pick from the draft this year, Jeff Okuda out of uh, Ohio State. But it's another rookie that Aaron can pick on, and you, you know a veteran quarterback is going to just knife them apart. Uh, as far as that, I look for the Packers offense to have a relatively good game. I don't know if it'll be as effective as against Minnesota now that they have some stuff on tape, but that's just where I'm at. One of the guys that uh, I thought to take a flyer on this week. So when we got the news, um, uh, I guess this isn't breaking or anything, but and we'll get to this in a later game. But George Kittle was out. Uh, I stashed him on my RR for the week and I picked up Quintus Cephas. Um, it's a guy who had a lot of targets last week. Um, could be worked into uh, the rate. I think it's a guy that um, is a little unheralded, kind of like Kenny Galladay was out of Northern Illinois. This, uh, you know, the Badger receivers have not been uh, particularly good since uh, Lee Evans and Chris Chambers. But it's a guy that um, if he gets a little bit of uh, ability, a little bit of opportunity here uh, early on, um, especially because I don't remember how long Marvin Jones's contract runs, but he could be a, an effective pickup and stash. It's just a guy I'm, I'm curious to see because I knew ahead of time, if I didn't pick him up now and he has a big game on Sunday, every single Packer fan is trying to pick him up on Tuesday. Uh, Adrian Peterson, I would also echo that, that he's a guy that um, he could very easily pick up, uh, you know, 80, 90, 100 yards in this game. I don't know... He has an opportunity to fall into the end zone. I still don't like the Packers running defense. But yeah, with Kenny Clark out. Well, well yeah, Clark especially. Out. This may I be think, a one where if games, game script may dictate that he's not on the field as much if the Lions get down. Yeah, if they keep it close, and I, I feel like if this game goes the way the Lions want it to go, I think you can safely book Adrian Peterson will have... 60 yards and a touchdown, 60 to 70 and a touchdown. Which is a good flex play for the week. So if you're you're feeling a little bit lucky, um, you're not as high on Green Bay blowing this one out, which, um, you know, a lot of the Lions-Packers games have been close uh, in the recent past. Um, maybe it's one that you could do a spot start. All right, let's move on to Vikings at Colts. Uh, my highlight for this one is points, points, and more points. Uh, the Vikings defense gave up a ton last week to Green Bay, as we just mentioned. The Colts ended up giving up 20-some uh, points uh, to the Jaguars last weekend. These are two offenses that uh, underproduced last weekend going against two defenses that um, didn't seemingly uh, play really well. I would expect um, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Naheem Hines, Delvin Cook, um, maybe even Justin Jefferson um, and definitely Jonathan Taylor to all have big weeks. You know, that is music to my ear, music to my ears as a Delvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor owner. Um, and I will be starting both of them. Um, I agree with you. And I think Jonathan Taylor's case weekend, I think it's earlier than us, um, with the injury to Marlon Mack. Um, I never want to wish injury on somebody, but um, I think Jonathan Taylor, I think this will be his day that he takes over the backfield and never, never gives it back couple years to come wide receiver wise yeah i still paris campbell i like him over ty hilton this week and then adam thielen is going to get his just because he's the elder statesman in that um in that um 
uh, wide receiver core. Um, do we see a breakout game, not necessarily a breakout game, but a coming out party for Justin Jefferson this weekend? I think it's possible. I don't think both defenses play quite as badly as they did last week, but they didn't give me a whole lot of promise uh, moving forward to go on. So I, I really don't know. There's been a lot of talk of uh, Jonathan Taylor being a top 15 back, especially with how much he produced in the receiving game last week. I would say if he continues on that trajectory, um, he and Naheem Hines uh, could be to- or uh, you know decent plays going forward, um, particularly with Philip Rivers's um, check down frequency. Uh, the guy who was targeted the most deep last week, not just targeted on the team for the Colts, but targeted deep as well, was Paris Campbell. Now, I own both Thielen and Campbell, so I'm really hoping for that a lot this game. I have Paris Campbell starting in my other league um, as kind of a, a flyer guy because I sat uh, Terry McLaurin for this week uh, going against uh, Patrick Peterson. But it, it's one of those where let's see where these two offenses are at and if if our projections are right, because I, I think this game is ripe for um, constantly being on the red zone channel on Sunday. All right, so let's move to Broncos at Steelers. Uh, As much as we thought we were going to get points from the last game we talked about, uh, I think this one's going to be particularly low scoring. Um, Apparently, James Conner is practicing and is likely to play, which if you picked up Benny Snell this week um, is discouraging. Uh, I wouldn't be starting any Steelers running back right now until that entire situation sorts itself out. Um, if you miss one game, that's fine because the the floor on this is much lower than the potential ceiling at the moment. James Conner, for every game he started in the last two seasons, I don't think he's finished a game he started. I, I, that, I sincerely mean that. I, I don't, if from my memory serves me, I don't think he has um, started and finished an entire NFL game. So it's one where I'm not uh, high on. The one guy that might be a small bright spot um, because the Steelers, um, they shut out Evan Ingram last week, but I would be very interested to see how Noah Fant responds uh, going forward this week. And I can understandably, um, I'm not going to be discouraged if he has a bad week, but if he has a great week again, it's one of those where we may have a, a tight end fantasy stud on our hands. That I don't want to hear. Um, well, let's check back in on this one on you know next week after after everything's played out. But. <laughs> um, with Benny Snell, um, yeah, it's a little discouraging for this week, but we're in a dynasty league, so I think for the future, I think that's a good one because I don't know how many more years James Conner has left in him. Um, like to your point, he's always been hurt. He hasn't finished a lot of games, so I think Benny Snell might be their little running back of the future. So he's someone to hold on to. See if you can get uh, see if you can get something more for him down the road if you were looking to trade him. All right, let's go to Giants at Bears. Uh, are we going to get the good Trubisky or the bad Trubisky? We had three quarters of bad Trubisky followed by a really solid quarter of good Trubisky. Um, I, I guess that's where I'm going to look. Uh, Allen Robinson, even despite his contract disputes this week, uh, where he had Anthony Miller and Tariq Cohen and and others really speaking up for him. He's a guy who was producing for the first three quarters when we had bad Trubisky. So I would look for him to still have a pretty good game, particularly given how we saw uh, Pittsburgh adapt to the uh, Giants defense on uh, Monday night. Um, I think he could potentially have a big game. And then the question is, is, um, you know, Matt Stafford didn't have a terrible game. 
I think the Giants could actually produce some points. Maybe not a ton. Um, this may be, it's not going to probably be one of the highest scoring games of the week, but can the Giants get to 20 some points? Possibly. And so if there was a Giants wide receiver that you would start this weekend, um, I, we still don't know the status of uh, Golden Tate. Or I guess let's go Giants pass catchers. Um, are you starting uh, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, or Evan Ingram? I thought about starting Evan Ingram um, just because I don't really, the Bears defense isn't what it used to be a couple years ago. Those linebackers aren't what they used to be a couple years ago. Um, I think Evan Ingram has a pretty good game. I think he had a dud last year against the Steelers because you're right, the Steelers are that damn good. That being said, on the outside, I'd be starting uh, Sterling Shepard. I still think, I'm not sold on Slayton yet. I, I know he got a big target share um but i'm not sold on him yet give me a couple of weeks uh so i would probably agree <laughs> on sterling Shepard. i'm surprised a little bit we didn't see it last week um because i thought the giants defense or offense particularly against what i think might be one of the best defenses if not the best defense in the league in pittsburgh right now um i i thought they were uh, driving the ball a lot now not necessarily on the ground so i would look for saquon barkley to have a much bigger game uh, I'm also encouraged by uh, David Montgomery moving forward, so he could have a, a much bigger game, or he might be worthy of flex uh, option play this weekend. Um, but Darius Slayton, I, I will say, uh, he's a guy who leads the league in touchdowns since, or receiving touchdowns since week 11 of last season. He's a guy that's also uh, caught or has the most multiple touchdown games since the beginning of last season. So it's a guy that... Maybe he's a little bit more touchdown dependent, but he is a guy that I would definitely be stashing. He's not a guy you should be available in a whole lot of leagues. So I don't know if I feel great about starting him every week, but if you don't have too many other options, he's not a bad place to go. Falcons at Cowboys, I think this isn't going to be another huge points game. I don't see the Falcons defense might be one of the worst in the leagues. Um, the Cowboys defense, they just lost Leighton Vander Esch. Um, Byron Jones left to go to the Dolphins in the offseason. I don't think they're going to um, have a ton uh, of availability. The Falcons were putting up points um, on the regular last week. Now, most of it was in garbage time, but I would expect two huge games on the ground from both Zeke and Todd Gurley this week. Uh, I also think that there is going to be a lot of passing. This is another game where uh, I'm highlighting a lot of the offensive players moving forward. Uh, I think you can start just about as many as you'd like. Uh, I'd be starting Hayden Hurst. I might even give consideration to Russell Gage, uh, but Calvin Ridley is probably a must. Julio Jones, an absolute must. Um, unless you have a better option, Matt Ryan is going to have a great game. Uh, I would expect Dak Prescott to potentially have a great game. Um, Amari Cooper, the the one question mark I'll, I'll say is C.D. Lamb because, uh, you know, from what we saw last week, um, they were spreading around the ball a lot in the early three quarters, but he started to go to Amari Cooper a lot late. So we don't know how the distribution of targets and throws are going to be, but Blake Jarwin is now out for the season. So that's another guy off of the potential targets list. So if you're looking for the Cowboys to have a big comeback game, um, I would expect it to be this one, and you could see a, a ton of guys getting into the end zone. You're going to be playing on a fast field. There's going to be a lot of points, so if you got any of the Falcons or the Cowboys, I think you start them. Uh, Jaguars-Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry has absolutely carved up the Jaguars the last few times he's seen them. Um, at least 130 yards in both games. One of the games he topped over 200. 
don't see a reason that that would necessarily stop. You'd be very out on the ledge if you thought uh, the Titans weren't going to give him a lot of carries, as particularly because A.J. Brown is out for this week and maybe out for a couple more weeks. So is this another fuck Corey Davis game? I saw that you picked him up. Uh, you tell me. He'll never be on my team again. Let's just say that. They're going to throw a lot of play-action passes, but Derrick Henry is the guy that you want out of this game. I figure they're going to run the ball a lot, try and keep the Jaguars uh, off the field. I don't expect um, the uh, Jaguars to be in a a different situation from game script. uh, Unless Corey Davis makes it into the end zone, he's going to not see a ton of targets because they're not going to throw the ball a lot. I expect this to be a 20-plus carry game. Um, minimum for Derrick Henry, and he'll top out well over 100 yards as far as I'm concerned going into this one. So I think Corey Davis is going to get that just because they really don't have a ton of other options to throw the ball unless it's a Jonu Smith week. Am I starting him? No. Uh, He had one game. So this is a a wait and see. But, you know, if you felt good enough to stash Corey Davis as like I had an extra bench spot, why not throw him on the the, uh, pile heap at the bottom of my uh, bench? You know, why not? But this this is not one that I'm looking for other than Derrick Henry for really anybody to have any points going forward. Okay, Bills at Dolphins. Um, I see a lot of people highlighting the Bills offense that Josh Allen has had big games against the Dolphins, that uh, they're not quite there, that, um, you know, that I I think if the Bills are going to have a big game on offense, it's going to be in the running game this week. Uh, They spent a lot of money. They overspent on getting cornerbacks this year and uh, getting their secondary improved. You didn't really see a ton of passing by the Patriots last week, and that was out of necessity. I actually put uh, Josh Allen on my nay list this week because I think he's going to have a crappy game unless he's running the ball for 14 times again. So unless you're you're projecting that out and then his floor is going to be much higher, uh, I, I don't see the uh, Bills wide receivers having a huge game this week, and him having nearly the same game that he had against the Jets last week. I can agree with that. Um, I mostly focus on the running backs here. Um, None of the Dolphins running backs I really think too much of, but you do have Zach Moss and Devin Singletary on the other side. Um, I think Zach Moss just keeps building off of what he did on week one. And I think, you know, for anybody that has – Devlin Singletary, I, I think the addition of Zach Moss was shouldn't have been a welcome sign um, because I think that kid is a real deal. I think they're going to have a nice little um, committee. And um, I don't know if he takes over by the end of the year, but I like Zach Moss and I like what I saw week one. I think Zach Moss is likely to get the bigger lion's share of the carries. That isn't to say that Devin Singletary isn't going to have a, an effective role in this particular game, and I think he might. Uh, I just think if I'm starting one Bills running back this week, it's Zach Moss. I really would feel kind of queasy about starting Devin Singletary if I had him. And uh, as far as the Dolphins offense, if we get another uh, Fitz tragic game um, instead of a Fitz magic game, which is entirely possible because he gets into these weird streaks where he'll go on three or four weeks of, of the same. He'll either be terrible or he'll be great. But if that happens and we see that again this week, maybe next week, we may already be talking about a Tua sighting. 
So until that, I'm not starting a single Dolphins player. Uh, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, who I, I'm not even sure if he's playing, Gasecki, any of the running backs out of the Dolphins right now, because who knows what the hell's going on with that. Um, but uh, it's one of those, if the only guys that I'm considering starting right now for this offense, uh, you're probably starting Stephon Diggs just out of necessity because of where you drafted him, especially in a redraft league, Zach Moss and Josh Allen. Now, if you have another competent um, potential starter, you know, uh, Matt Ryan or whatever, I probably would start them over Josh Allen this week. But if you drafted him to be your only quarterback and you followed my advice from earlier in the week that you should not be keeping two quarterbacks right now, given the um, availability of so many other guys that are effective in a streaming sense, uh, I would definitely not be playing Josh Allen. Uh, 49ers at Jets. Uh, no Jamison Crowder. No J- George Kittle for this game. Um, we uh, already said Debo Samuel's out for the 49ers. Uh, so Kendrick Bourne, uh, we may be getting some Brandon Ayuk, uh, but this is really a 49ers running game. So for my, uh, you know, I, I, I would strongly suggest uh, Raheem Mostert gets uh, a significant amount of work in this game. Now, I know a lot of his work last week came in that one big play in the passing game, but I think he has an even bigger game. The guy I'm looking at that may get an upsurge in work is Jarek McKinnon. It's a guy that flew a little bit under the radar, scored a touchdown last week, almost had a second, but it's a guy that if uh, you have a running back spot available, is a guy that hasn't come up a lot because they kind of um, or he flew under the radar last week. Uh, it's a guy I might think about picking up. Um, Frank Gore is going to be leading the Jets this week at, at running back. He's not a guy you're starting. I, I'm sorry. If you picked him up and you're spot starting him, you're nuts. Uh, the guy is just went over the um, mark for uh, most games started by a running back or most games played by a running back. The guy's 36. I, I really don't know what the, the Jets are going to be doing. And with Jamison Crowder out and uh, Denzel Mims not effective, I don't think there's a single Jet you're starting this weekend at all. Uh, Eagles at Rams. Uh, Malcolm Brown has the big game last week. Miles Sanders is likely to be back. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this particular game? Well, you have Malcolm Brown and you have Cam Akers. I think you're going to get even more even um, carries between the two of them. Um, so that's just something to keep an eye on. Miles Sanders is back. He says he's a hundred percent. I guess we will see with the amount of work that they give him because at the beginning of the year, Deuce Staley was saying that he was going to be the guy. He was going to be the workhorse and they didn't really want to bring him off the field. Uh, Miles Sanders being back is, uh, potentially good, but again, that Eagles line, I, I really don't know what to see. Um, if you have other options um, outside of, or outside of the running backs in this game, I would go with them. I'm not looking for Miles Sanders to have a huge game coming back. I know you invested in him, and so you're probably starting him, but it's not one where I'm hoping for a whole lot out of him right now because uh, I think that this game is probably going to be about the passing game. Um, if you're starting Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, fine. You know, I yep, go right ahead. Tyler Higby. After a week uh, or a poor week one, sure, I can I can definitely see it if you don't have too many other options. Um, you're definitely starting probably Dallas Goddard or Zach Hurts unless you have a, a, another option. But, like, they're both really good options this week, um, potentially moving forward. But are you starting Jalen Rager? Probably not. 
so I, this is one where I, I really don't know. It's it's it, this one could be easily be a 17-14 game. This game could be 31-28. I, I think it has so many variables. All right, Panthers at Bucks. Um, Christian McCaffrey, the lone game last year that he had that was pretty bad was against the Buccaneers. I actually think they have a much better um, starting front seven than most people do, but this is one where you're starting CMC, so don't, like, overthink it. Uh, that That's just one. But uh, especially with uh, no Chris Godwin and in a game where we expect there to be a lot of passing, particularly to prove that Tom Brady still can throw the ball at 43 without his arm falling off, um, do you expect big games for Mike Evans and Scotty Miller? Uh, if I was to pick between the two, I would say uh, Mike Evans, um, just because for that reason itself, Tom Brady, I think, has something to prove. And he wants to go to a guy that has been in big spots, big games before to help him get there. So I think Mike Evans has a really good game if uh, Chris Godwin can't go. Another guy I'm looking to have a good game, if we're going to go over to the Carolina side of the ball, DJ Moore. Um, this was this is supposed to be his year, right? Like he's the number one guy now. Um, he had his breakout year last year. This is supposed to be the year where he solidifies himself as one of the top wide receivers in the league. And he came out week one stumbling a little bit. So we'll look to see if DJ Moore has a little revenge game um, come Sunday. I think he was probably shadowed a lot last week uh, as the number one guy and trying to take him away, which is why Robbie Anderson ended up having the bigger game. I think there will be a little bit of a more balanced coverage moving forward now that Robbie Anderson's proved he can be effective in a much better passing offense. Um I don't know if I'm at the point where I'm starting Robbie Anderson if I have uh, guys that I drafted higher that I, I really want to start yet, but uh, he's a guy I'm keeping my eye on. You're definitely starting DJ Moore. I expect big things from him this week. Uh, I would definitely agree. Obviously, Mike Evans is likely to have um, a better game than Scotty Miller. I'd be a little bit surprised if uh, that ended up happening, but it doesn't look like Chris Godwin's going to be able to go. He's in the concussion protocol. The fact that he went into the concussion protocol uh, well into the week um, is not great for his potential prospects. He may actually be out not only this week, but the following week as well. Um, so that's not great there. Uh, the one question I have remaining from this is uh, Ronald Jones had a Eh, fairly effective game last week against the Saints. This is a Panthers defense that just got steamrolled by Josh Jacobs last week against Las Vegas. Is he worthy of a spot start here? Depending on who you got. Um, I don't think he looked as bad as some people were saying he was. The stats didn't equal um, what he brought to the game. Does he have a more relevant fantasy game this weekend? I think he has a potential to. Um I was really big on him coming out of USC. Um, he kind of had a dud of a year, um, his rookie year, um, and bounced back a little towards the end of last year. And I was expecting pretty decent things from him this year until they brought all the other people in. But if you're in a spot where he, where you're thinking about starting him, like you have to pick between three guys and you need two, I would say it. I would say I would probably take the risk because I, I think the reward uh, could be pretty lucrative. Well, I I would be a little concerned with the fact that um, they still have all of those options, but uh, I still don't think LaShawn McCoy is going to have a huge role in this offense, and I don't know if they've worked in Leonard Fournette into all of their stuff. Uh, Kayshawn Vaughn is, like, way down the depth chart. At this point, unless you're in a dynasty league, you should not be holding him. Uh, so the, the basic concern is, at this point, 
um, whether Ronald Jones is going to get the volume of the carries. If he gets the volume of the carries, I actually do like him on a potential spot start this week. Uh, I don't think he made he did not make my um, uh, yay starters for the week, but uh, he is one to keep your eye on. So uh, moving forward, we got a couple more games to try and hit yet. Um, Washington at the Cardinals. We're expecting big things out of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I would be uh, personally, I took a guy who I was very high on going into the season. I took him actually out of my lineup in Terry McLaurin uh, in favor of starting Paris Campbell this week. So uh, I don't expect particular things. He's on my nay list for the week. Um, Antonio Gibson looked good uh, in between the twenties, but he's not going to get the goal line work apparently. And so I don't know what to make of him quite yet until he gets a more significant uh, defined role. And Kenyon Drake, I guess that's the one big question mark I have going into this game. Um, Maybe other than McLaurin. McLaurin could break out, but he didn't have a great week against a bad Eagles secondary last week. I don't like where this Washington offense is going, but does Kenyon Drake get more involved? We saw a lot of Chase Edmonds last week. Um, Is this one where you're a little worried as a potential Kenyon Drake fan? Or owner, excuse me. I don't think so. Um, I think it just takes time. Um, I wasn't ever huge on him leading up, but I think he's a serviceable fantasy um, relevant back. Um, But if you're saying you're going to bank your season on him, I would look someplace else. Um, Antonio Gibson, same thing. I'm not huge on him. Um, I think they're still messing around in the Washington backfield I don't think they really have a definitive plan what they have going forward with that um but then Kyler and Nuke Hopkins I feel like that's just a match in heaven that um all season long is going to be a just a just devastating duo to try to stop so that one that one's going to be exciting to watch flourish a little bit but Kenyon Drake, I don't think he goes off this game, but I think he keeps building. And I think by the middle of the year, um, he'll be one where you have to think about each uh, each week. Is it, he Should I be plugging him into my lineup or not? If you're concerned about Kyler Murray going against a potentially great defensive front, don't be. He just beat the 49ers on the road last week. He had two really great games against them uh, last season when their defensive front was even better. I, this is not one where... Because of his ability to improvise and do things off script, I'm worried about a defensive front being able to slow him down. It's only can you contain him and keep him in a different game script where that's going to be a a situation. If the Cardinals get up big early and it's because of guys that aren't Kyler Murray, which I haven't seen the Cardinals offense do anything that isn't Kyler Murray related yet, um, then I'd be concerned. But I'm going to book him as a top five quarterback this week and pretty much just going forward after what I saw in week one. Um, Nuck is, I, I don't think any of the Washington guys is going to be able to stop him. I don't know if he gets to 14 catches again, but he's going to get double digit targets in this game. They clearly were trying to feed him the ball last week. They're going to probably feed him again this week. So that that's just one where, um, sign seal delivered. That's, that's going to be your, your game. I am a little concerned on the Kenyon Drake factor. It's why I skipped over him in EDP. I skipped over him and Miles Sanders uh, in favor of Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb in my redraft league, uh, specifically because I thought the other two guys um, didn't have as many question marks. I know Nick Chubb had some question marks at the end of last season, but I'm starting to get a little worried. I know I was high on Kenyon Drake uh, in the offseason in our previews and some of the other stuff around the draft, but 
it's one where I really need to start seeing it um, because if he's really splitting carries with um, Chase Edmonds, uh, for what you gave up to probably draft him in any redraft league, um, it's one I'd be concerned about. But let's move on to Chiefs at Chargers. Another potential huge points game. Um, maybe not necessarily on the Chargers side, but every major Chief, um, CEH, um, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill should all have big games. The two big question marks I have coming, well, I, let's say three. Um, Sammy Watkins, is he going to repeat his performance from week one? Let's start there. No. Very simple answer for me. I've, I've talked about this before. I'm not a Sammy Watkins believer. I think he's very inconsistent. So if I was to be a betting man and to say that he matches or gets close to what he was doing last week, no. I don't think so. I think the That's Chargers Yeah. I think the Chargers uh have a really good secondary and it, particularly they have Chris Harris Jr. as their slot cornerback. So I think that Sammy Watkins is likely to have a down game, so I'm not predicting particularly big things for him this week. I am encouraged on him potentially moving forward, but uh, the Chiefs have so many options, it's going to be hard for them to feed him the ball as much as they did in week one. Uh, next big question I have, usage. Uh, are you starting Austin Eckler or Josh Kelly this week? Like, who else would I be choosing from? Like, that's basically what it comes down to for me. Um, who else am I choosing from? Um, well, for me, okay. they would be, if I had 10 people to pick from, they'd be at the bottom half of my 10. Let's just say that. There's a lot of other people I would choose before them. You likely invested at worst a high third round pick in Austin Eckler. At best, uh, you or at worst, you probably put him in your first round, maybe mid second round. I mean, he had a high ADP for a lot of people this year. I thought with the change of the offense, with no Philip Rivers, that um, he was going to see significantly less passing down work and his um, total catches was going to go down which means his effectiveness was going to go down. Now, he had 19 carries in week one. Josh Kelly had, I think, 15 or 16. Um, I don't know if they're going to be running the ball a lot in this game. So maybe you see an uptick in his amount of catching because it's garbage time. But Tyrod Taylor uh, likes to go down the field. He's not checking the ball down. He's going to run. So am I comfortable starting either of these guys? I'm definitely not starting Josh Kelly. I'm stashing him. But I would feel a little nervous about... uh, Austin Eckler, a guy I faded going into the season. All right, the final one I have. So with no, no George Kittle this week, it's a guy I'm starting in our Dynasty League who I was encouraged by his output last week. Didn't have a ton of catches, but his targets were there. Um, Tyrod Taylor's had a lot of uh, good output to tight ends in his fantasy history, particularly in Buffalo going back a couple of years. Um, do you think Hunter Henry is a top uh, seven tight end moving forward? If he didn't have his injuries early in his career, I think we'd be talking about him with the George Kittles, the Zach Ertz, and the Travis Kelseys of the world. I think he was that good. Um, it's just unfortunate that he's been he's had to deal with a lot of injuries so early in his career. Um, so I'd roll with him. If I had him on my team, yeah, I'd roll with him. I think he's an excellent option, um, particularly – I wouldn't say he's one of the top five tight ends. Um, you're still looking at Ertz probably as the fifth tight end – but Mark Andrews has probably taken over that third spot. With no George Kittle this week um, and Travis Kelsey still being the clear number one, then uh, you might look at Darren Wall Waller being a different option. 
Um, Dallas Goddard's going to start to creep into that back end of that. And um, the effectiveness of Evan Ingram, if they start, you know, actually throwing the ball to him, um, he's going to be around that list. But uh, Hunter Henry could possibly crack the top five by the end of the season, depending on how things go. Yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. All right, let's move to Ravens at Texans. Um, we haven't gotten it to it yet, but this is my particular game of the week. I know a lot of people are looking forward to Patriot Seahawks. I'm not as much. Uh, I think that that has the potential to actually uh, be a weirdly lopsided game or a game where there's very limited scoring. Um, so I'm actually looking for um, this particular game because you've got two guys who I think are top five quarterbacks in the league, Deshaun Watson um, playing again, coming off of, uh, I guess, kind of a poor performance in week one against the Chiefs, um, going against the league MVP who proved once again he's really not taken a step down. If anything, he's taken a step forward um, yet again in Lamar Jackson. So um, I would be starting Mark Andrews. Obviously, he's in the top 10. He had a really great week one. But there are two big question marks moving into this game. Uh, With the Ravens output against the Browns, do you feel confident with any of your Houston starters this week? No, I need to see more out of them. Um, between everything going on in their off season to how they started last year, I feel like Bill O'Brien is just sticking a knife into that organization and just ripping everything out of it. So I need to see more out of out of Houston. There's literally nobody on that team besides Deshaun Watson that I would want on my fantasy squad uh, to start consistently. You know me, I'm a David Johnson guy. I don't know if the game script is going to be particularly good for him this week. I think there's going to, the potential for a lot of garbage time in this particular game. So you could see a lot of Will Fuller if he stays healthy all game where he gets a ton of targets like he did in week one. I think David Johnson, if he's effective, is going to be in the passing game more than anything else. And uh, Deshaun Watson could go out and have a lot of garbage time points. So more than likely, if you drafted Deshaun Watson, you're probably starting him. But I would agree that I'm a little bit nervous because that Baltimore defense looked fierce last week the other big question are you starting any or with confidence any of your Ravens running backs this week man I would start J.K. Dobbins I thought um even as late as two weeks ago that he would not take over that backfield until next year I think he takes over the backfield by the end of this year and now I mean I know I have Jonathan Taylor and everything like that but now knowing what I know now, I wish I knew back then, I probably would have taken J.K. Dobbins at number two. I think in five years, we talk about him being the best running back that comes out of this class. If everything with the Ravens stays the same, um, the way they run the ball, Lamar Jackson holding up, not getting hurt, um, him still being effective. Um, and then by then, you know, five years from now, his arm will be even better as well. He'll be able to read defenses that much better. It was just going to open up the running game that much more. Um, I, like I said, I think in five years, we look down and we say J.K. Dobbins was the best running back out of this class. Uh, that is um, nails on a chalkboard to the guy that ended up drafting Cam Akers over. <laughs> All right. We've got two more games to try and hit for this week. Um uh, Patriots at Seahawks is our Sunday night game. Um, other than Cam Newton, are you starting a single Patriot right, going forward? No, I mean, if you can look at my teams over the past years, too. I never really have Patriots. 
on my team. One, their offense is really hard to decipher. You don't know who's going to go off week by week. And I've said this a million times. I like consistency in my fantasy players. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, you don't know. I mean, and this goes back to the years where they had Shane Vereen and all this other stuff. Like you can never know which one to start. Um, and that's great for them as a football team, but it sucks as a fantasy player. So no, no Patriots. Okay. So, uh, I would probably put this as one where I, I would be with you. The one question mark I may have is Julian Edelman because they got to throw the ball to somebody. And that Seahawks offense or defense isn't particularly great as we saw against Atlanta last week. But with Cam Newton particularly getting all of the goal line work, at least for the time being, and that backfield being kind of an open mess, um, I don't feel particularly confident in anybody. And Edelman's got a little bit of a, a nick going forward. So I, I couldn't – for sure, say anybody on this Patriots team other than Cam Newton, who might be a top 10 quarterback going forward, um, is uh, worth starting right now or investing in until we see something different. Um, on the flip side of it, the Patriots uh, have probably the best secondary in football. Um, if not, it's minimum in the top three. And their front seven, despite all of the guys that opted out for COVID last week, um, were still particularly effective against the Dolphins rushing attack that could never get anything going uh, to establish um, anything on offense. Now, I don't know if that's a product of the Dolphins or if that's the Patriots defense getting back to its old ways, but uh, do you really feel uh, that the uh, Seahawks are going to have as effective a game as they did last week against Atlanta? Effective as they were before? Um, I don't know. That's really hard to say. Um, because like you said, the Patriots are really, really good. But then again, Russell Wilson is really, really good. And he runs that offense like a well-oiled machine. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up some points. This For me, this is my game of the week. And I know you say, uh, you know, you don't know if it's for yours. I think this is, even if there's not a lot of points scored, I think this is just going to be a really, really good, solid um, football game. You have Wilson going up against Bilicek. Um, Cam Newton going up against the Seattle defense. Um, I think this one's just going to be a fun one to watch as like a football purist. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Russell, uh, I think he gets DK involved. I think he gets Lockett involved and I think they, they have really good games. Um, you know, I've said this before, I'm not huge on Chris Carson, but I think he's an effective running back. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. This is the one that I'm looking forward to. I'm probably going to enjoy watching the game, but I think it's going to be mm-hmm. slow. And from a fantasy standpoint, I think it's going to have a lot less points than people think. I know the Seahawks are picked to have a ton of points after what they put out last weekend. And we'll see whether they allow Russell Wilson to really like quote unquote cook and um, move forward against a, a defense. I actually like particularly it's in Seattle and there's going to be no crowd noise, which has always been a staple of that Seattle home advantage. So how is that going to affect the game? I really don't know. But I don't particularly like any of the guys this week from Seattle against that defense until I I see somebody really beat it effectively. All right, let's move to our last game, the Monday night game, Saints at Raiders. Biggest question mark on the line, is Michael Thomas going to play? I am not close to the situation, and I do not know any sources. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, it doesn't look like it, like it was a bad ankle, right? You don't know, uh, Michael Thomas's friends, Barber's, um, cousin. <laughs> no, I did get my haircut this morning, but they did not come up in the barber shop. 
no, it, okay. It's a bum ankle though, if I'm if I'm correct. So, so um, high ankle sprain, you would expect yeah. minimum of two weeks. The Saints discussed after last weekend, but Michael Thomas basically was vehement that he was not going to go on IR, which is a minimum of three weeks uh, for designation. Now they're playing Green Bay next week on Sunday night. Uh, he's going to be off of a short week. So if he doesn't play this week, I'm not particularly encouraged for that next week. Um, but it's one of those, he keeps saying he's going to play. I don't think you're playing him. This is one, especially with Monday night, that if I have another wide receiver, I'm putting Michael Thomas in my flex zone and hoping that um, I have a Raider or a Saint to pick up quickly if he doesn't go. Otherwise, I'm not starting him. I, I don't think you're. he's going to play. Yeah, I think the, what makes this difficult is him ha- playing the Monday night game. So if you've got other people ahead of him, if you got other people ahead of him that you feel okay about, um, I would take the safer route and I would sit him. You don't want to have a zero. Like, that. that's a killer. Like, you'd much rather have, you know, five points, eight points instead of a zero. Um, it, with as good as Michael Thomas is, I get it. You want to hold out hope. You do. Um, but you can't give those points away. You can't give those points away. And I don't feel like there's going to be someone great that you can pick up off the waiver wire to just start either. Like, so I think you should make your make your final decision before the Monday night game. If you sit him, you got to be you got to stay. You got to stand pat with that decision. It's one where if he does play, I don't know how effective he's going to be. Wide receivers have to cut a lot and in very quick and tight zones. And Michael Thomas is one of the best route runners in the league. If he's got a bum ankle, how effective is he really going to be? So the bigger question to me is not whether Michael Thomas plays and whether you start him, but who's going to benefit from him not being Michael Thomas? It's not going to – you're right, you know, and he won't live up to his expectations that you have for him. Um, And just the – just the un – you're just – you're not sure what you're going to get out of him. And that's why I'm saying, like, you just need to – you need to know that going in and live with that risk, or you need to just sit him all together and get your points from somebody else. Well, I guess, again, who do you expect to get the extra amount of work or targets in this offense? After seeing it last week kind of be lackadaisical, are you expecting more from Kamara? Are you expecting more from Emmanuel Sanders or Jared Cook? Well, you're gonna. I feel like you're going to get more from Kamara out of the backfield. Um, but I feel like Emmanuel Sanders is going to get more as well, but I don't think it's going to be enough where it's like, oh God, go pick up Emmanuel Sanders wherever you can get him. You got to get him into the lineup. I don't think that's what it's going to get either. With Drew Brees, um, he spreads the ball around and it's not what your name is. It's if, if it, it's if you're fucking open. So just get open. Um, so I think it'll be a combination between all of the guys. I really do. I don't see it as one person is going to have like a 40 point fantasy game or a 30-point fantasy game. I don't see that. Unless it comes from Kamara, but that's just what he does. That's what Kamara does. That's why he got paid. So um, I don't see it from Emmanuel Sanders, if that's what you're asking. So if I were to make a prediction, if Michael Thomas doesn't play, and I don't think he does, I think we forget how good Emmanuel Sanders potentially is. And I think he takes directly over for the Michael Thomas role. He could be a guy that, uh, if especially against a Raiders defense, that I'm not particularly fond of. Um, this is a guy who I think could be a wide receiver two of the week. 
I mean, he could be in that that top 20 of wide receivers uh, at least as long as Michael Thomas is out. But I do see a slight uptick in uh, Kamara's potential value. That being said, with him possibly doing more in the receiving game, I do also see Latavius Murray maybe getting a few more carries as well uh, just to spell Alvin Kamara so that he's not constantly on the field. All right. Uh, I finally, on the Raiders side of things, um, do you feel particularly confident in anybody not named Darren Waller or Josh Jacobs? Not really. <laughs> no, honestly, not really. Um, Henry Ruggs is still a work in progress, um, but I've talked about this before. He's not my favorite wide receiver that came out. Um, Brian Edwards had um, he had a tough week one. Um, I think it gets better, but I still don't think it's going to be his coming out party. I think they're young at wide receiver. I think they're young. Um, and with Derek Carr too, I, I don't know if he's the answer for them and we're going to find out, you know, as the year goes on, cause I think this is like a make it break it year for him. Um, so if you're asking me if there's anybody on the Raiders that I would start over those two, other than those two, no, right you're now. starting Josh Jacobs. If you have him, I mean, right. absolutely. Especially Wall. after his week one. Right. I don't think he's going to be nearly as good as he was last week, um, just because I think the Saints are probably going to shut down the passing game. They have two really good corners. They, they just do. So, but do they put one or devote one to Darren Waller? I'm not sure. I think there's going to be a lot of play action passes out of this offense like there was against Carolina last week. We'll see whether this um, Raiders offense is as good as uh, they were potentially in week one. I'm not buying it a little bit, and I think this could be one where it's an ugly uh, game on Monday night, uh, especially in week two. But you're starting Josh Jacobs. You're starting Kamara. I'm not starting either of the quarterbacks if I have any other decent option. Um, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I would see as, a, especially if Michael Thomas doesn't play, as a guy that you probably want to insert into your lineup. All right, so we already both gave our game of the week. Uh, let's finish up the week strong here. Uh, who is your potential um, spot start of the week? The guy that you have currently outside your top 10 um, or top 20 who uh, could finish in the top five? Well, um, the game already happened, and we kind of talked about it. Um, for me, it was Joe Burrow. Um, I put him in there. It was about a good maybe two hours before game time because I was, you know, looking up on some stuff, and I, I felt I felt good to, I felt good about putting him in there. Um, so for me, my start of the week uh, was Joe Burrow, <laughs> which proved out well. Uh, yeah. My start of the week is Raheem Mostert. Like, what else are the 49ers going to do this week? He proved that he has some passing game value with last week. Now, mind you, it was on one big play, but enough to at least be effective. And I think the 49ers probably give him 20 plus carries in this game in a game where they're likely to be up several touchdowns. So it's one where you could catch a um, NFC championship level performance by Raheem Mostert again. I like him to potentially be in the top five of running back scorers for the week. Um, upset of the week. Who do you got? My upset of the week is I'm going Houston over Baltimore. I know I just talked wow. about. I know that, that's I, an upset. I know I just talked about um, how much I don't like Houston and all that other nonsense. Um, but Deshaun Watson, there's something about him and the way he carries himself. Um, he's just a winner. The kid loves to win. He's won at every level he's been at. Um, so I think he takes this, um, 
this challenge, I guess, his head-to-head with Lamar Jackson. I think he takes it to heart. Um, and I think they put up – it'll be at home for them. Yeah, I know there's no fans, all that other stuff, but there's something nice about sleeping in your own bed. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Texans over Ravens. Yeah, I know it's a crazy one. Maybe I'm dead wrong, but those are the reasons why. I just think he's that type of player. We encourage boldness on the Dynasty download, so don't worry about that one. And honestly, nobody remembers from week to week whether you got one wrong or not, unless we're going to start taking tallies. Uh, my uh, upset of the week. Now, mind you, this is a three-point or more dog uh, that we think has the chance for a, a potential upset. Uh, mine is the Falcons over the Cowboys. Again, this is going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to go back and forth. Um, I, it, It's not just a matter of the points. Um, as far as uh, uh, handicapping the game, I am picking the Falcons outright. Uh, I think they're going to potentially outscore the Cowboys. As bad as that Falcon defense is, um, I don't think the uh, the Cowboys offensive line nor their uh, particular defensive output last week was particularly great. So we'll see about that moving forward. But I have the Falcons in a shootout winning at Dallas. So finally, I've mentioned it several times uh, on our uh, list. You can go find it. I will have it in the show notes for this particular episode, but uh, I am putting up two different lists per week, uh, at least right now. Number one being our waiver wire ads, which will be out on uh, Tuesday morning so that you can uh, use that for your Tuesday wire claims. Uh, that will be in our uh, potential show notes, uh, so you can look back at any of those potential articles. The other one is my yay-nay list uh, for each week. Guys that uh, I think are going to have better than expected av- or games um, or uh, that uh, potentially are going to have um, lower than expected games. So without further ado, and I actually forgot I did this. So the first two on my list um, were uh, quarterbacks, and this is in no particular order. I didn't necessarily rank them, which is weird for me. Um, but I had Aaron Rodgers, and I had Joe Burrow. So actually a good call by me. Oh, I completely uh, forgot about it, but uh, I th- I thought those guys were going to have particularly good games this week. So uh, I'm, I'm a little on. proud of myself. You can't see it on the audio, uh, and we uh, aren't doing video uh, cast yet, but I am patting I'm myself on the back. You, I'm going to need you to send, like, the file information to know when you last saved it and everything like that. That's what I'm going to need. There is a listed publishing date on the article. I put this together okay. on Wednesday, so. Um, okay. All right, so let's go down the rest of the list. I have Raheem Mostert. I have Naheem Hines. I have Josh Jacobs, uh, Keenan Allen, Paris Campbell, DJ Moore, Hunter Henry, and the Arizona defense. Any of those that are surprises? Um, I'm a little surprised by Hines. You don't think that Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy in Indy tomorrow? Oh, he definitely will be. But I expect from a game script standpoint that Indianapolis is going to be down and throwing. So if that's going to be the case, Naheem Hines as the passing down guy, and especially because Phillip Rivers likes those guys uh, in the red zone, I expect for him to have uh, a game that some people aren't necessarily expecting. They're, they may be fading that thinking it was only a one-week thing. I think he ends up in a PPR value sense, um, probably with half a dozen catches and probably a dozen targets. Okay. I just want I just wanted to hear your reasoning. That's all. No, I think Jonathan Taylor has a potentially big game. I'm just saying for where they're currently situated in most people's rankings, I think Naheem Hines has the potential to have a huge game. 
Uh, let's move to your nay list. All right, nay list. I've already mentioned a couple of these guys. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, Malcolm Brown, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Evan Ingram, and Zach Ertz. Um, shoot, there, can you repeat that list again? There's one that you said that really popped out to me in the night. I kind of so, lost it. Josh Allen, I think that Miami defense is a little bit better. Unless he's going to run for a lot of yards, I'm not expecting high things. The same thing with Russell Wilson. I think that New England defense is um, probably as good or you know close to what they were last year. Maybe not in a fantasy sense, but at least in shutting down opponents. I'm worried about Kenyon Drake, um, particularly against a rushing defense that was pretty, pretty good last week in Washington. Um, Devin Singletary, because... Even though I think Buffalo ends up running a lot in this game, I think Zach Moss has the bigger game. So from where you drafted him, I I don't see him having a particularly good game. Uh, I'm worried about any of the Rams running backs this week in Malcolm Brown. Uh, I think this is not a particularly good Robert Woods game because I think he's going to draw Darius Slay from the other side. That's what it was. I'm surprised by your Robert. I'm surprised by your Robert Woods pick. I guess is what it was. Because I remember Darius Slay did not have a very good year last year. I think he was hurt a lot. And uh, again, they the Lions also traded several of their guys midseason, so it's not like he had a whole lot of uh, assistance, particularly at the safety spots. So I, I'm not – it's not as bad a matchup as maybe Terry McLaurin, who's like still the only wide receiver on Washington, even worth uh, some level of fantasy value going against Patrick Peterson. But – it's still up there. Uh, I'm fading DK Metcalf as well because uh, I think the Patriots secondary is just one of the best in football. Evan Ingram I'm worried about because of uh, what he did last week. I'm also a little bit worried about Zach Hurts. That doesn't mean you shouldn't start them. None of these guys, If it, we've said it all along on this, if those were the guys that you drafted to be your number one guy, particularly at tight end and quarterback, you're definitely starting him. You're definitely starting Russell Wilson. But these are guys who I think uh, aren't going to have as big a games as people think they might going into this week. All right, all right. That makes so, sense. Overall, that is uh, the yay-nay list. Uh, tune back in for that one um, going forward. Again, the, that should be up on Thursdays uh, moving forward at the worst. Hopefully I'll have mine up on Wednesdays. Uh, that way we have them before the Thursday night game, just in case we have another Joe Burrow-like showing. Uh, I have to look. Uh, Miami-Jacksonville is next week, so I'm not expecting that we're going to really need to have that one out Thursday. I don't expect any of the the yay-nays to necessarily be on that list. Um, If anything, it's going to be on the nay list. And to be fair, I'm not sure you're starting anybody from that game, so it may not have a lot of fantasy relevance. But um, for uh, us at the Dynasty Download, thank you to everyone for listening. We will be back again next week to break everything down for you. Until then. Signing off, everyone. You have a great weekend, and good luck to your fantasy teams. Uh, This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by me, Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM.